Before I get started on today's Mortcast, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th, and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of a dairy block. Um, it's uncertain times right now. Uh, everyone's kind of waiting for the vaccines to distribute through the population. Um, Colorado's in a weird kind of medium area right now with uh, infections. It's, kind of, it's hard. But you know what? A place like Blanchard Family Wines also needs your help. Um, local Colorado business that really does devote their money to Colorado. And what better way to support them than going to bfwdenver.com and getting yourself a bottle of wine? Or, or you can go down. There's a, uh, they've been moved to level orange in Denver. So you can go down and pick yourself up a, you know, bottle of wine itself, or you can do 25% dining, so limited tables. Obviously, outdoors in the middle of January is, is sketchy in Colorado, but, you know, there's potential there. they got heated areas there. Um, you won't be around anyone. They are safe. But uh, if you're not comfortable with li- li- that, like, and you're like me and you can't get exposed to anything, um, just go ahead and buy, get yourself a bottle. Go to bfwdenver.com. Get the 2017 Cabernet, um, like is my favorite. Or you could, you know, get yourself a Pinot. Uh, they got a, they got some other varieties of reds and whites. They've got a partnership with Western Slope Wineries um, that are really good. Storm Cellars Restoration and one in the Elk Mountains. They really are Colorado business. Uh, go once again, go to bfwdenver.com uh, and look up your wine bottle or book your own virtual wine tasting, which is a way that you can participate in this sort of thing without having to be there doing it from the comfort of your own home via a computer. Uh, once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Uh, they are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. Go to bfwdenver.com to pick, to order your wine bottle, to have it either delivered, shipped, or you can go down and kick it up curbside. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Port Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, you know, the NBA's have had to postpone or cancel three three games this week because of COVID outbreaks. Something we all knew would happen. Um, and there has been a lot of commentary about what the NBA should do, why the NBA went ahead and, and was doing this when they could have waited waited until February or even March and then, you know, played a distended season into times that they didn't want to play, frankly. Um, there's the Olympics, there's all that stuff, but there is... The NBA made its decision uh, in November. They had to... Uh, in their view, to save revenue, um, particularly when both the owners and the players, they had to, you know, uh, they had to go into December and start by right around Christmas and play a condensed schedule of 72 games. They made that decision. That was part of their um, calculus. They saw what the NFL did. They saw what Major League Baseball did. Now, this could be more analogous to what happened with Major League Baseball than it could be with uh, NFL, which had COVID outbreaks throughout the season. Um, Major League Baseball had a couple outbreaks at the beginning of the year towards the you know, first third of the year, 
and then basically mitigated it until apparently the very end when some idiot Dodgers players were uh, uh, getting COVID and then participating with celebrations outside. Um, they're, you know, this could be more like Major League Baseball. And uh, the NBA is very stringent. Now, a lot of people have talked about the extremely, extremely personal life legislatory kind of COVID protocols that the NBA has had. Uh, and the reality of it is the NBA made the gambit that by midway through the season, we're going to be able to vaccinate our players. I don't know if that's feasible, but that seems to have been the calculus. Our, uh, their look into it was that they were, were going to be able to wait it out to survive people getting exposed and games being canceled. That's why people have misread the whole season being released in two halves thing. Um, the two halves thing was more about being, the vaccine circulating through the league. Um, and the first half was about surviving. And that is where we are right now. And that is why the NBA has shown zero inclination to cancel games. Biden is going to be inaugurated in eight days as of this recording. The feeling is that he will initiate the Defense Production Act and ramp up um, National Guard participation in getting vaccines distributed and stop the two-dose hoarding of the, of the vaccine and just going to uh, getting people as many of their first doses as possible, which gives you a large level of immunity. And then hopefully getting the second dose by when it's available so that people can get that other thing. Or there's going to be that one-dose Johnson & Johnson vaccine. There's one that's being tested in Colorado right now. It's, there's going to be, in a lot of views, a ton of vi- vi- um, vaccines available. And the NBA, for all its virtues, made the gambit that they could, they could do what I have talked about in the past, acceptable risk. For all the moralizing and all the posturing on coronavirus, um, Unless the country goes into nationwide lockdown, um, these these places and people just need to accept this. These entities will continue to operate, and the players knew this going into it, and the owners. This was an agreed upon risk. It was once again acceptable risk. What they had deemed to be something that they could live with, in order to get to where they need to go. Once again, the hope, the hope is that halfway through the year, and we're coming up to, I think it would probably be March, which is where the halfway point would be, that vaccines are able to be distributed to regular folks. Um, Right now, my dad is over 70, and he's struggling to get a vaccine. Um, They just don't know where. Uh, vaccine availability is weird in Colorado right now. I gotta tell you, I trust that he will get it, but it's gonna take a lot of effort and a lot of time. Um, and they sh- it shouldn't be this hard. 
Honestly, uh, if there's that many doses available, they should be able to be put into people's arms. Once Biden gets elected, he's going to, you know for a fact, he's going to do the Defense Production Act and everything will be ramped up to an nth degree coming into the next year. Getting people vaccinated is job number one. Part of that will be eventually, and probably midway through the year, NBA players will be getting vaccinated. The protocols the NBA set out, as I said before, were almost exclusively about surviving. That's why they were so stringent about legislating what people do in their free time. That's something the NFL didn't do. That's something Major League Baseball didn't do, right? Uh, well, it did, did do, but to a lesser extent. But NFL did not legislate people's behavior at all. There wasn't, there wasn't any of that going on, and therefore they had outbreaks throughout the year, obviously. The NBA is really trying to put the clamp down until the vaccine comes. And they've made this choice, and that's why you will not see them shutting down, period. They have deemed this acceptable risk, therefore it's not something that they've even considered. Um, and <clears throat> once you've decided that you are going to save 500 to a billion, 500 million to a billion dollars, you have decided at that point that you are willing to put up with a certain percentage of outbreaks. And you heard, saw Jamal, uh, Crawford on Twitter, who's not in the league right now, but Jamal Crawford on Twitter talking about just expand the rosters, get G league people in there. And still play, which would involve salary cap things that we. <laughs> uh, anyway, it, do, it would it would require a lot, uh, but there is people out there who are they they understand what's going on. They understand that the end of the pandemic is on the horizon, and therefore survival and doing. What they're doing right now is acceptable. The interesting thing about the Denver Nuggets part of this is that they are around the Dallas Mavericks and they were around the Philadelphia Sixers. Both of them had uh, outbreaks, and the Nuggets have had no positive tests. Um, the Philly game was, let's see, it's Tuesday as of this recording. The Philly game was Saturday, Monday, Monday. So it's, you know, not yet five days. A positive tests could come up. Uh, the Dallas game was Thursday. No positive tests from the Dallas game. That's five days out now, as of now. Uh, generally, they think you got a five-day window of where you are start popping positive. Uh, that's generally when things start appearing, uh, with either symptoms or positive tests. The Nuggets haven't hit any positives as of this recording. Obviously, news could drop later, but... It's a good sign. Today's five days away from the Dallas game. They don't haven't had any positives. Um, on the flip side of that, you've got um, potential for the Philly game impact to be felt. Uh, I was talking to someone on Twitter. He said there's always a two to five day delay with, with COVID. It's not 14 days, folks. <laughs> um. Coronavirus can incubate for two weeks. It can, but that's general, not generally what people see. You start generally producing symptoms within two to five days. 
that's been what the average has been. Most people, if they get it, if they are positive and not asymptomatic, they will start seeing symptoms within two to five days. It's kind of like, uh, in that way, it's kind of like some other things you get in the winter. Uh, obviously, this is far more severe. So they've got incubation and all this down to a fine science. But the problem is, you know, you got to wait another couple of days. And in the meantime, you're traveling on the East Coast. You're going to New York. Um, you know, they played the Knicks on Sunday. They're playing the Brooklyn Nets tonight. And you hope that there's not anything going on. Kevin Durant's going to be back from his COVID protocol thing. Michael Porter Jr., whatever the hell has happened with him, uh, is not back yet, and he won't be back for a couple games, right? So we, we don't know. We have no idea what's going on. The hope is that the NBA can right the ship, deal with some of the outbreaks, right? Play shorthanded, which is what the, the Sixers had to do, and just understand that this is what you signed up for. And that's exactly what the NBA wants to do. And it's up to us to see whether we want to tolerate that. And quite honestly, when we saw, when we, everyone watched, if anyone watches the ratings for the NFL, people already deemed that acceptable. And they had constant outbreaks throughout the year. So obviously we as a public don't care as much as we let on. All right, well, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast part of the CSU Network. I will be back soon with another episode. Goodbye.